Three, two, one. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to the Yellow Tape Podcast, brought to you by Higher Police. Higher Police provides armed security officers and public safety classes that are instructed by highly trained law enforcement and previous military personnel. For more information on Higher Police, visit our website at higherpolice.com. This is the Yellow Tape Podcast, hosted by myself, Sean Lewis. I'm the owner of Higher Police, and our show is co-hosted by our Higher Police Crisis Director, that's Nathan Almer. And you can review the timelines that we're sharing today, along with any maps, videos, etc., on our Higher Police Facebook page. And you can ask us any questions on our Twitter account, which is at Higher Police. Or if you want, you can also email us directly, which is social at higherpolice.com. Starting off our story today, we're going to recap the events that happened on May 13th. Uh, May 13th, that was 2000, and where are we at there, Nate? 2000, we're talking about the date? Yeah, all right. 15. So starting off our story today, we're going to recap the events that happened on May 13th, 2015. This was known as the Mansion Murders or the Savopolis Crime. Uh, basically, this is a story of, uh, I guess it would be extortion. That's when you're holding somebody for money, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a burglary, a home invasion. Now, it's funny, before I even start that, there was a lot of, apparently in the United States, because uh, we do have some England listeners now. Thank you out there from England. Um, thank you, England. Thank you, England. Yes, Tom from England. That's waiting on us. Um, apparently, they don't classify uh, that crime as a home invasion. That's only in the United States. Some of the stats I was reading today. Yeah. Uh, so anywhere else, it's just considered a burglary, um, you know, a residential burglary. And then they would charge you with whatever weapons you had or whatever the crime was once you actually entered the building. So when we were looking for stats for this um, show earlier, I, um, I was coming across not a lot of home invasion stats, but just burglary stats. So this is basically a burglary gone terribly wrong, a murder, uh, kind of all mixed up in one. Uh, there's, a, there's a ton of information on it out there, um, but I don't think Nate knew about it. And this is just one that happened close to us here in Maryland. And I think, um, I think it's worth um, going over. Um, and then maybe we can uh, tell the listeners some tips on how maybe you could prevent a burglary or defend yourself or, you know, just some information on, uh, you know, we're, we're not trying to say what they did or didn't do wrong um, in this particular case or any case that we discuss. Uh, we're just going to give you the facts of what happened and then throw our two cents into the ring. Sound good? Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds good. All right. So May 13th, uh, 2015, it was around 3.30. Uh, Darren went. Um, he is the suspect, and he was ultimately convicted in the murder, entered uh, the residence, uh, the Savalopolis, Savalopolis home in DC's, DC's posh Calorama neighborhood, which I actually know where this is. It's right near the embassies in DC. Um, beautiful houses, beautiful area. You know, it's one of those things, again, where, you know, you think it can never happen to you, and it does. Um, apparently, the wife, uh, Amy Savopolis, was out for a walk at the time uh, that the home was broken into. So you think about this, this is 3.30, I don't know what day of the week it is, but you know, you go out for a walk and then somebody breaks into your home. Obviously they're, they're watching you, so they wait for you to leave. Uh, they break into your house. Um, I'm assuming no alarm system was set, right? I mean, it doesn't say, but um, you know, anytime I leave my house, I always set the alarm, even if it's for a walk. Uh, she went out to get coffee, returned home. Uh, her husband, Philip, um, was out, or her son, I'm sorry, her son, Philip, was sick from school and was home with the... Um, the housekeeper, it looks like. Uh, so I guess no alarm would have been set. Uh, the wife left and uh, the husband at that point was not home. It was 3.30. Um, around 5.30, uh, 
it says on our timeline here, uh, still May 13th, um, the Mr. Savopoulos was in Chantilly, Virginia for the grand opening of a karate studio he owns, uh, which was another business, I believe. He owned multiple businesses. Because um, when it doubled back around, it seemed like the suspect, Darren Went actually worked for him at some point. Um, so he, I guess he knew his, his business and knew where he was. Um, it says that Mr. Savopoulos received a phone call from his wife who says she had plans to go out and that she needed him to come home and watch their son, according to court testimony. Um, Amy, the wife, was then forced by Mr. Went to telephone her husband and summon him home without alarming him that she, their son, and the housekeeper were in danger. So at this point, um, you know, the wife's calling the husband, I need you to come home. Uh, we went into this a little bit before uh, the show, is that sometimes, you know, um, a good uh, a trigger word or something that maybe you could say to your husband or wife that wouldn't arouse suspicion, right? Or maybe you could just say it over the phone and kind of alert some, some kind of code word, maybe that would have, that would have helped. Um, especially, you know, when you're dealing with this type of situation, but I mean, it's the middle of the day on a, probably like a Tuesday at three o'clock in the afternoon, your wife asks you to come home. So you're going to come home, not thinking anything else, right? Um, around five 30, it says uh, broken glass triggers the security alarm at the residence. So it does look like the alarm was on, um, and then the security system did kick on. So at 5.56, broken glass triggers the security system. The four victims are home. Four of them are taken hostage, and eventually later they're tortured and killed. Um, adults were bound to chairs, beaten with baseball bats, strangled. Prosecutors believe the motive was extortion. Um, Mr. Svopoulos owns two successful businesses. He owned um, American Iron Works in Hyattsville, Maryland, and a martial arts studio, which we already said that was a grand opening that day. Um, now we're moving on about 8 o'clock that night. It sounds like at this point, um, you know, they're being held in the house uh, as hostages. Um, Mr. Savopoulos asked the business associate at American Iron Works to come up with forty-five dollars to $50,000 cash for the next morning. Now, I mean, being a business owner myself, I think that's a little odd that somebody's going to go pull out forty dollars or $50,000 in cash, uh, but maybe he had a connection with this person or, or maybe it wasn't, you know, that unusual for him to do it. Uh, again, you know, these are things I feel like uh, maybe needs code words or some kind of um, dual dual security or, hey, if I'm going to ask for cash, I'm also going to make sure this person confirms it. Um, it's almost like that. Um, the email attacks where, you know, the, the emails will get attacked and say, hey, can you transfer funds to pay this person? You know, it's all it's always a, a double key system. That way um, you're, you're not running into, hey, I'm just going to pull 45, 40, $50,000 cash out and it's just going to go missing. Um, so anyway, he texted his assistant to pick up a package from American Ironworks the next morning, which I'm assuming was the cash at that point. Right. Um, so they didn't deliver it to the house uh, that was at the American Ironworks at his business. Now, this is 914 that night. Uh, Domino's. Uh, and this is where he eventually got caught, right? The dummies. Um, oh, yeah, with the saliva, I believe. Yeah, yeah, with the DNA on the on the pizza. Um, I mean, extortion makes you hungry. Domino's, you need the pizza. Uh, yeah, apparently. Apparently, uh, robbing <laughs> people makes you hungry. So they ordered Domino's, uh, called two delivered pizzas to the house. Delivery person is instructed to put the pizzas on the front porch and leave. Uh, records indicate the food was paid for by one of the credit cards. And the tip was already added. Um, unbelievable. At least they were nice enough to tip. They, yeah, they tipped. Crazy. Um, and this whole time we were saying they, 
because uh, we'll, we'll read back through some of the other um, uh, history of the court um, court hearings a little bit later. Uh, it basically said that they thought there was no way one person could pull it off, but only one person was charged eventually. All right. Um, let's see, at 930, the housekeeper fails to come home uh, from the residence. So <clears throat> there you go. That's going to draw concern. So you have somebody that's supposed to be home, but not. Um, then um, it looks like the daughter-in-law uh, goes to the house, knocks on the door several times, but no one answers. Now, I mean, at that point, you know, your uh, daughter-in-law comes to the house. She can't find you. Maybe that's when you call the police. But, you know, if you see something suspicious, you're supposed to say something, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so at this point, you know, they're still alive. It's at nighttime. Um, space, uh, let's see. She says she later describes hearing sounds coming from upstairs like chairs moving on the floor. Someone is in there and they don't want to answer me, she recalled, according to the daughter-in-law's testimony in court later. Um, she got a call from the um, Savopoulos mm -hmm. who said that the wife, Amy felt sick and had gone to the hospital and she had, um, the housekeeper accompanied her to the hospital as well. Mm -hmm. So that's the story that, um, you know, that they were feeding there. Uh, May 14th, this is the next morning, 10, 26 AM. Uh, one of the employees and an assistant, uh, was instructed to go to the bank of America and withdraw $40,000 from the account. Um, which is also crazy because, I mean, if you're drawing that kind of money from the account, you think the bank would ask a question, right? Or yeah. at least you'd have to call them ahead. I don't normally pull out $40,000 from the bank. I mean, if I uh, go out of state and I take money, my <laughs> bank wants to know, hey, is this you? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people don't take this much money out. Or right. don't you have to call ahead uh, and let them know that you're, I guess, uh, you know, they pulled it out. Right. Um, so this was a Bank of America. Um, as instructed, the assistant drops off the package at the family's house inside a vehicle in an unlocked garage. So at this point they have the garage unlocked and they are, um, they're asked to put the money in the car. Um, the assistant's told uh, that the cash is needed for equipment. Um, assistant sends a text message that the package has been delivered. And this is 1030 AM. Mm -hmm. um, 1230, uh, about two hours later, two workers at the home of the Australian ambassador across the street. And it goes back to the embassy. That's right in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm the street and this area um for our listeners this is a highly protected government area um the embassy district in washington dc is highly guarded uh so it's crazy that this happened in this area of, of all places um so anyway back to it australian ambassador across the street from the residence described seeing an african-american male with dreadlocks approaching the savalopolis uh savo <laughs> keep saying it wrong garage and duck inside uh the Prosecutors say the description matches Darren Wynn. Um, and at 124, uh, it looks like DC Fire and EMS is dispatched to the residence for reports of a fire. A neighbor later said he was walking his dog and smelled smoke and went to check out to see what was happening. I saw smoke and then boom, it was fire coming from the second floor. Um, at that point, you know, when EMS arrives, um, you know, they're going in and then they find the bodies on the, I believe, the second floor at that point. Uh, the son was found dead in another bedroom um, where they said most of the fire occurred. And the only person that was still alive at that point was the housekeeper uh, who later died at the hospital. Uh, it's terrible. Um, yes. Unbelievable. So at 1.30, um, traffic cameras capture uh, the wife's blue Porsche, which I'm assuming that's the one that had the money in it, on New York Avenue uh, heading northeast in D.C. Uh, the witness described seeing a man wearing a green construction vest behind the wheel. Meanwhile, evidence is collected at the home. Um, so they're in 
that's where they're picking up all the DNA uh, from the bat, from the pizza that was delivered to the house, um, samurai swords, uh, the bat with blood on it, discarded knife, duct tape, box of matches. I mean, this is just a terrible, terrible mess. Yeah. Um, five, <laughs> it's just terrible. I mean, 5.30, Amy's uh, blue Porsche is discovered burning in a parking lot. New Carrollton, Maryland, a green construction vest is found in the car. I mean, um, elsewhere, the medical examiner begins autopsy on the victims. Uh, report founds that they were all stabbed and suffered blunt force trauma. Um, looks like two of them were strangled and the son suffered fire-related injuries. Um, 12.16 a.m., uh, May 16th, Darren Wentz van is found in PG Prince George's County engulfed in flames. Police would later link the vehicle to quadruple killings at the Savopolis family mansion. Uh, prosecutors argue that the van contained evidence from the murders. Uh, May 20th, 2015, um, D.C. police officially identify uh, Darren Wentz, 34, at the time as a suspect claiming that his DNA was found on a pizza and the green construction vest later found in Amy's burnt Porsche. Um, while, you know, this, this kind of goes on and on, um, you know, it was drawn out in court. Um, uh, you know, he was eventually to, to cut to the end of the story quickly. He was eventually found guilty on all counts and he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Um, and you, we, you can actually follow some of the timelines on, again, the Facebook page and, uh, we'll, we'll list up to some other, uh, statistics and, um, information, that, uh, from the crime from that day. Uh, so basically what we're going to discuss a little bit is, um, you know, some talking points of what we can learn from this and, um, you know, some insight from Nate on, something that, you know, maybe you can do or, or not do, or, you know, a little bit different. I think it all starts with, you know, are you being followed? That's one thing, uh, especially for business owners and maybe not even business owners. I, you know, I read not too long ago about the, the, um, the casinos, you know, where they would hit the casinos and they would see who wins big and then they would follow them home and they would rob them. And, you know, sometimes it would go well, sometimes it wouldn't. I mean, who knows? Maybe these people, you know, maybe this Daryl Went guy didn't plan on murdering them. But, you know, then things just went sideways. Um, and then at that point, you know, he's already in it and there's nothing he could do about it. Or, you know, obviously there's something he could do about it. But, you know, that's that's the direction these things take. And it, it starts with, you know, just self-awareness. I feel like general safety. Um, and one of them being, are you being followed home? If um, you got any safety tips for us, if you're uh, being followed home? Well, yeah. I mean, like you said, uh, you know, you don't have to be a, I guess you want to say like a, I don't want to say like a high mark, but a person of interest. You were saying like a business owner, you know, business obviously, owner or a stalker. Yeah, or a, you know, exactly. I'm like a say, beautiful woman. Right. I mean, you're a beautiful man. I'm a you're beautiful man. Um, no, but you're That's right. That's why we do podcasts. You don't, so you like, you, anybody, can, anybody can be a target. You know, you don't have to be rich. You don't have to be famous. You know, like you said, a stalker, you know. So it could be a stalker. You, yeah. So it could be anybody. So I would say if, if your question is like tips for being, if you believe you're being followed, I mean, we're humans. We're, we're we're creatures of comfort. You know, we like consistency, you know, same path, same, same patterns, you know, I mean, everybody knows probably the fastest way home. Well, I mean, every now and then maybe switch up, you know, the route, you know? Right. I mean, like I said, I mean, we're kind of going down of a, a mindset more than anything with this, you know, just, I guess the term would be, don't be complacent, you know, you know, obviously, like I said, you're going to do the same thing over and over again. You know, if you're if you're listening to this, you know, then the main goal is, you know, change your, your, your train of thought, 
You know, if you take route A to get home, this time take route B next time. Just just switching it up every now and then. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day out of the week, switch it up. Are we going to the bank every Tuesday? Every Tuesday, switch it up. Especially Thursday. Yeah. So then then that's a different mindset. Yeah. So like if you're just regular old, let's say air quotes, Joe Schmo, you know, and I'm picking the kids up on school every day at this time. Maybe, you know, because it's, it's, it's regulated. The schools only vary from that. Maybe take change your route. But if you're like a business owner and you're going to the bank every day or every Tuesday, you know, maybe switch the bank hours you know, or switch the day, then switch the, the route, you know, right. um, switch the parking spot, you know, something different, you know. And, and like I said, it, it's just defeating that, that, that complacency, building that pattern. Because like I said, if you are going to be a mark or a person of interest, if, um, if you're obviously it doesn't sound like this gentleman, he maybe initially had a plan. Like you said, maybe it was just going to be a burglary with some extortion, but then just like all plans, half the time they go out the window, you know, and then that's when mistakes start happening because you're, you're trying to think on the fly. Right. So, you know, if somebody really wants to get you, they're going to get you. Yeah. You know, so what we can do then as individuals or, you know, to try to help yourself is break up the patterns, you know, be, be or, unpredictable. Or if you think you're being followed, I mean, don't go home. Well, exactly. So they, right? so though, yeah, so there's different ways. To do it. So like I said, yeah. so let's deter from even, let's make ourselves a, a hard target as opposed to a soft target by changing the patterns, mm-hmm. changing the routes, um, change, like I said, changing the pattern. So then jump into, Hey, I believe I'm being followed. Okay. Right. You know, First things first is like you said is you know don't go home don't don't lead them back to your loved ones you right. know or even other personnel other people there's nothing wrong with you know calling nine one one and pulling off to the side or, I mean not necessarily pulling off to the side of the road but hey if but don't go home you know I'm not saying continuously drive around but at the same time that might not be the the bad answer you know continuously keep moving or drive to a police station but, drive to a exactly drive to a police station but the thing is you know. That's what 911's there for. 911's not for the hey, oh, yeah, I locked right. my keys out of my call car. 911. <laughs> call call 911. This right. is a, you know, I'd rather you be safe than sorry than call 911 cuz most I mean, you're not going to use your tax dollars, you know. Use the police for emergency. That's an emergency right now. If you believe that your life is in jeopardy and you're being followed, you know, call the police. That's an emergency. That's what they're there for. Yeah. You know, it's Excuse me. Is that yes? Call nine one one. That's pretty simple, you know. Or like you said too, which is a very valid point. Go to the police station. Yeah, go to a public to... area, you know. Try yeah. to get attention, yep. you know. Um, That's what they even say when you're doing, um, you know, buying stuff on eBay or Craigslist. Another safety tip: meet in a public area. Yeah, a lot of times the police station don't have them have... come to your house either. No, because I mean that's a that's a big mistake. No, and then even you think like a Walmart parking lot is safe. A lot of times it's not. They don't, don't have go se- to the storage shed. They don't have security <laughs> there. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways you can. Most people also too is inform somebody about it, you know, right? Like, Hey, let, I mean, I've been asked a couple of times, like, Hey, I'm about to go, I'm selling my bike on Craigslist. Hey, can you come with me? Sure. Right. You know, don't go by yourself, bring somebody with you or, and also to inform somebody about it. Yep. Also too, is like you said, Hey, let's do this Craigslist exchange at, at the police station. And a lot of them offer that. I've seen it. Yeah. Bring it right here. So I got some stat I pulled up, Nate, on, um, what researchers found that violent, this is, um, uh, burglary versus, uh, you know, violent violence, basically. It says basically 7%, um, on average, 7% of the 3.7 million burglaries each year, which seems like a lot, um, are violent. Um, you know, so it, it's not a ton of them that, that get violent, but they could. Um, so, you know, if, if you're being burglarized, 
Uh, here's a good one for you, Nate. If you're being burglarized in your house, and I live in D.C., so in D.C., most of D.C. does not own a firearm uh, because of the, the firearms laws in D.C. So you, you can own a gun. Um, maybe I could have a crossbow or something else or a bat. But um, my house is getting broken into. Obviously, the first thing I'm going to do is call 911. But at that point, um, you know, any uh, any instruction on home weapons? I mean, what am I supposed to do? So, Throw a stapler at them? Or? Yeah. Well, there, there is always that one mind, any weapon concept. I mean, the will to fight is actually probably the strongest thing that you can have. You know, you can give any person a weapon, a gun, a knife, whatever. But if they don't have the will to fight, that, that weapon's almost useless, you know? I feel like I'd feel a little bit better with a gun. Well, I that. mean, but also to put a gun in, in the hands of somebody who doesn't know how to use it. Then they could end up use, being used on them, right? Used on them, hurt on right. themselves. Um, so to answer your question is, you know, so let's say, you know, we're in the scenario where um, I'm someone's trying to enter my house, okay, un, unlawfully. Like, I don't want them there. They're unwelcome. Yes, your first instinct should be, I would think, is all, not your first, but at the same time, all these parts are moving at the same time. You know, assessing, like, do you have family? You know, obviously, like I said, if you have loved ones you don't want to abandon them you know don't right, be that guy don't who go run it up don't, yeah, don't yell every man for himself and just jump out and leave your family behind yeah um i would not recommend that um uh i mean you should probably plan on it right or plan on maybe not a home invasion but plan on a burglary uh, do you have a plan for I mean, your house like if you're not well home? me personally uh <laughs> uh I, a I, don't my, we, I don't think we have a plan yeah so exactly so um my plan is, like I said, to always get to my loved ones first, and then I will try to uh, – the best answer is always to remove yourself from the problem. You know, obviously, nothing in your house – you know, this is – obviously, this is my personal answer, but it is the right answer. Nothing in your house is worth your life or your family, you know. No. Obviously, to, the best way to avoid any confrontation is to avoid it. So, you know, if so at the same time – yes. outside, right? So if you can notify 911 or you can – barricade yourself in a room with your loved ones or you can evacuate you know it kind of and, follows the same rules as active shooter though right in a way right i mean there's not one cut clear answer for it but yes i mean if you can remove yourself from the problem i feel that that's always going to be your best bet right. because like i said at the end of the day if they just want property you know of like i said if it's just going to be a theft you know let them take your stuff as much as it hurts your pride to swallow it and like oh this is my house you're not going to victimize me is it worth risking your family and yourself for your pride to fight over your property? Huh. And like I said, we can go down the whole ego talk and I got you with you all day. But the best bet is to, like I said, notify the authorities or trigger the alarm, draw attention to the location, whether that's through the, the home, the, the burglary system or notifying 911. And, and but like I said, at the same time, getting you and your loved ones out of the location in a way you're creating that distance. And like I said, then the threat of harm and death is being uh, diminished. You're taking it away. Right. But if you didn't have a weapon, if you, if you're obviously, if a um, evacuation or vacating the area is not um, practical, then yes, I'm not going to tell anybody not to defend themselves and their family a 100%, you know, right. and um, any good home weapons you would suggest. I mean, like I said, I'm a big advocate for the Second Amendment. Um, I definitely believe that. But like I said before, is just even before, you know, five seconds ago, is that, you know, a gun in a, a firearm in the hands of a person that doesn't know how to use it can be just as bad as, you know, not having one. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so I'm going for a steak knife. So, hey, go ahead. Like I said, there's, you know, 
the will to fight is very strong. I mean, it's, it's a very powerful thing. I mean, you give your, your car keys, you know, the baseball bat, you know, I mean, anything you can turn a blunt object, you know, I mean, you, you're grabbing steak knife, go ahead. But I mean, just be ready to that. I mean, you got to close the distance with that steak knife to defend yourself, you know? Right. So, and it's going to get messy, you know, as opposed to throwing something at them and trying to make it to a door. Right. I mean, like I said, I mean, all these things, all these, I'm not saying yes or no to any of these options, right. but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the fact that you're thinking about it, I think is a very good thing. Like, okay, you know, don't just automatically like, I mean, obviously if you have a firearm and like I said, with, you know, all, I guess, precautions talking about that, you know, I hope that you're trained in it. I hope that you have a proper backstop, you know, if you have a firearm, you should definitely go practice with a hundred percent. I believe oh, yeah. so. Don't, I mean, and, and, and you find out a lot of people do just go and buy the newest, coolest gun that they like. And they never shoot it. No, it's crazy. Yeah. No, Excuse you got to go. You got to go shoot it. Right. So, but yes, you're, grab, you're grabbing the steak knife. By all means, grab it. But like I said, it's, you have to mentally be prepared that this fight's about to happen. And it's, it's, it's going to be messy. You know, like I said, but I mean, kudos on you defending yourself and your family, you know? Right. But like I said, the recommended, I'm always going to say is just walk, not walk away, but get away. House. Get away. Well, I mean, we, you kind of, you were always told to have a plan of attack um, in your house if a fire happens, right? Right, exactly. Yep. I mean, it's, it's something that can easily just be kind of like a, a table talk, you know? You know, as, as much as I want to say, you know, you talk about it and then you do a walkthrough, then do a couple of runs. But in reality, most people don't sit there and be like, okay, we're going to practice as if the house is, you know, being burglarized and we're going to, you know, everybody go to the room and then we're going to have it here. But in, that, uh-huh. in reality, is it probably makes best sense to practice because that's what you're going to do. And that's if you're practicing it and you're building that muscle memory, and like I said, and you're actually doing, like I said, a dry run, you know, right. where it's like, hey, all right, here's the alarm system. Do, 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 do is what we're going to do. Just like your, um, like, like you said, a fire alarm, you know, you do it at schools, but most people probably don't even practice a fire drill at home. You know, nobody ever does. Nobody yeah. does. No, no. Uh, well, we were going to that before too, about uh, some of the tourniquet um, things that you teach, mm-hmm. you know, for higher police is that um, a lot of people don't practice that either, but mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, even in something like this. Or a major accident in your house, if they, you know, cut a major artery or, you know, you're being attacked in your house mm-hmm. and maybe they get scared and run off. But at that point, you got a family member that's um, a cut or injured at that point. Right. You have to know some basic life or not life saving. What do you call it? Yeah, again? It's life saving skills. Yeah. Or, or um, what are you talking about like trauma medicine? Well, I was I was more referring to, um, you know, just buying them extra time. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, exactly. Like you said, is like, say, like. First of all, it's like recognizing like an arterial bleed or a life-threatening injury and treating it and actually being able to treat it, you know. Um, But yeah, but I mean, it all falls back to, like I said before, is that, you know, most of us as Americans and even uh, Tom in England, you know, I'm assuming Tom Tom again. uh, Jack from Chicago. Jack. I mean, (laughs) I can't forget Jack and even Susie down in Atlanta. Yep. That's Um, our listeners. Now that we're two podcasts in going strong. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm all about building the fan base, but yep. uh, most of us just call 911 and wait for help to come. And sometimes, you know, help just doesn't come quick enough, you know. And you know, I, I think just like if you're if you're in the mindset of defending yourself, you should be in the mindset of preparing and ready to um, treat your own injuries and your, uh, I guess, your family's injuries. Do doing basically, like I said, doing something as opposed to just standing there and waiting or, and, and hoping and having some kind of a plan. Yes. Like just assume, just don't assume that it's not going to happen to you. That's that's what drives me I mean, crazy I, about some of this is obviously the, I mean, you know, you're talking about people that lived in a million dollar house and one of the most protected areas of DC, 
and it happened to them. Now, what are the chances of it happening to you? I actually pulled some stats up. Mm -hmm. uh, the one-year chances of a robbery inside your home are 0 .004. So that's why most people don't plan. They okay. say 0 .004. Um, of them being armed is 0 .00168. So most of the time, they're just uh, probably a crackhead with a, a shovel trying to break down the back door and, and come in and steal some pennies or something. They want but, the copper. Know, they want that they, copper. They want the copper. Yeah. <laughs> We're familiar with that in this area. Yeah. Uh, but the lifetime chances, if you think about it, are 0.32%. Right. So, I mean, there is a chance. Um, there's always a chance. There's always a chance. There's and, always a probability. Yeah. And it's just, it, it kind of, it's, uh, you know, the these mansion murders, um, it was brought to national attention. Everybody's done talks on it. Um, you know, so you can research this on your own. You could see what happened. But it just goes back to, you know, what we're saying is always be prepared or have a plan or at least talk about this with your family. Mm -hmm. Um, and, or have a system. And I was telling Nate before we uh, started this is that I was um, I was reading an article a while ago and I couldn't find it. I was trying to find it before we did the show. Uh, it was about a, I think it was a, a dry cleaner and it was a husband and wife that ran the dry cleaner. Yes. Right. Yes. And um, and I could be wrong. If somebody wants to prove me wrong, feel free to email me. Um, Please gonna, do email. I'm, gonna, yeah, out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually wrong, but the, the basics of the story makes sense is that the husband would always go get the car. The wife would wait into the shop until the, he pulled up because they were in a cash business mm -hmm. and then she would come out to the car. Now, the only thing different was is that they had a system. He would hold up a number one if everything was okay and she would come out. Mm -hmm. Well, one night, of course, um, apparently somebody um, jumped in the back seat of his car. They pulled up to the front of the store. He holds up a number two. That's not the right code. She immediately called 911 and, you know, their lives were saved because they had some kind of a plan and effect, uh, you know, and that's, I think, what we want to leave you on today is, um, you know, it's not a, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, I want to comment on, because like you said, you touched on that about like the whole, um, like the code word. And then you kind of, like you said, you're kind of closing with it and giving um, our list. About the code words. So, yes, like I said, um, about the code word, you had touched on it in the beginning and you're kind of closing with it and sitting here talking about it and reiterating that, you know, people need a plan. And if you think about it, this is the first step in the plan is acknowledging that there's a problem and we're discussing it because most people think about, oh, that's not going to happen here. Yeah. But us talking about it, you as a listener listening to it and going, hmm, maybe I do need it. So we're the so, first step. We're the first step. Well, the first step is, is acknowledging. The first step is acknowledging you have a problem, right? I think. I, I think if there's some step programs, I have out there, lots of problems. There's right? a lot of problems. Yeah. But anyway, so we're going to help you fix the one you can. So you're talking about code words, and you mentioned the story about the hand signal of one and two, which is great. It's fun, but so like it's just they, easy. It it's is easy, and it's but even something simpler of like so. I'm not a big baseball fan, but um, I know about. And here I'm going to show my my knowledge of it. So I'll, I'll probably get ripped. Feel free to contact and you can make fun of me all day for it. Social at higherpolice.com. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I remember the first time I, I knew about like the signals that the, the I guess the coaches. Uh, I'm not the, I'm not good with sports either. Okay, got yeah. it. You're really sure. well. Anyway, so of all the hand signals they're throwing up, there's only really one of them in there that's the actual code, right? I didn't know this. Yeah. Wow. I always thought that, like I said, uh, I thought it was like an SOS message. Yeah. See, I thought it was like thrown up a uh, uh, sign line. It was like, Hey, they're telling them what to do. I well, in reality is of all the codes that are being thrown in, there's only one signal that they're looking for. Ah, so, right. so you can do this. So like, let's say taken back to the scenario you said where the, the wife had to call the husband home, you know? Uh -huh. And if you know that you're being observed, it's like, Hey, the bad guy's telling you, keep it calm, keep it real. You know, this is what I want you to tell it as a, 
proposed, what the code word is basically is I'm saying to you, Sean, all right? So me and you are in a relationship, right? Okay. I'm held hostage, okay? <laughs> I'm like, where this is going, it's, it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> but listen, we got to appeal to all audiences, okay? Hey, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. So me and you in a relationship, all right? And we have already designed a code word. We had, we had listened to the podcast. We said, hey, we need a code word, you know, because we're in business together, you know? Yeah. And we had decided that when I say, okay. Hotcakes. You can do that. But then <laughs> only the only issue is that is like if you're dealing with a person who's maybe like forcing you, you just randomly saying hotcakes might kind of trigger something. Right. So, yes, it could work, but you have to be tactful about how you use it. So or even so, like, let's say if I just said, hey, I love you, uh, boo boo, you know, but they just might think that that's a, a nickname. But, you know, that I know that we've already discussed it. If I ever call you boo boo. Right. That means something is wrong and I need you to call the police. Yeah. So if you're. If, if I'll break it up, if it's just <laughs> you and your wife, right? Right. You've had discussed it where you say, listen, if I ever, I mean, I don't know if you have a pet name for it, don't say it, but if you ever did, you know, like say, if I ever say, I love you, sweetie pie, you know, that means something's wrong. Right. So your normal day to day, I love you. You know, I love you. Okay. I'll see you. I'm on the way home. I love you. Hey, call her up one day. Hey, I love you, sweetie pie. I'm on the way home. I just want you to know, I love you, sweetie pie, you know? then that should be... That's an alarm. It's an alarm without anybody else knowing it. And like I said, you don't have to use that example. That's almost kind of like hiding in plain sight, you know? Right. Doing something, you're like, he never calls me sweetie pie, you know? Yeah. Or like, you know, like I said, just thinking outside the box, but, you know, putting it... But you said, what was the first word you said? Uh, Hot cakes. Hot cakes. Yeah. Maybe you have that with your child, like a smaller child. Right. And you're saying that directly to him. So like... I feel like my kids would never remember any of that. But the thing is, that's why you practice the drill, make it like a game, you know? You got to make it like a game. Especially you have to determine the the mindset of your child too. You know, smaller children, make it like a game. Hey, if daddy ever says hot cakes, hot cakes, what do we do? We run away, you know, and you actually practice, you know? Uh, Right, yeah. You know, or like you walk with your wife, you know, and you got your children. You're at, um, we're at the Harris Teeter, you know, and you're pushing the shopping cart down here. You've already discussed, listen, if we're ever out and about and I say, Hey, hot cakes, hot cakes. Cause you see something coming up. She knows immediately. There's no discussion. There's no arguing. She's grabbing the kids and she's separating herself from you. Right. And then you as whether you're male, female, whoever, but you're the person that's de- deflecting or trying to distract the individual that you're, that you feel your wife and kids are, they're going the opposite way. You're getting them away. Family members or right. loved one or exactly. Whoever the or other if you're like is. a concealed weapons carry, you know, if you know that you're armed and you feel deadly force may potentially happen, oh, yeah. getting them, Hey, hot cakes, hot cakes. You grab the kids and you get down, you right. know, or you grab the kids and you run the opposite way that way we came in. You separate yourself from me, you know, yeah. don't worry about me. Get the kids out of here or get mom out of here, you know, get, get whomever, yeah. you know, but that's, these, these code words only work if you discuss it and technically practice it. And I don't want to say technically, but you have to practice it because you got to have some kind of plan. You know, I feel like my kids are teenagers now. They don't listen to anything. Cause so. I tell you what, like I remember when I was in the service, we had like a go code and it was like, Hey, we were kind of on standby. It's like, it's like a fire alarm probably for like fire department, you know, right. you're sitting around ring firefighters. Like I remember the first time I heard it was actually chili pepper. That was the go code. Hey, the mission's a go. Oh, really? And we're sitting there. I remember I was down in the, the well deck with asking my buddy for a CD player because I was going to go work out and hear chili pepper, chili pepper. And we both just look at each other like, oh, shit, that's it. It's go. So immediately dropping all our shit, running, grab our gear. And but that was the goat. That was the, the code word. That was the code word. It let everybody else on the like, I mean, granted, 
you know, the whole ship, I'm assuming we're all good guys are on the same team. We're not trying to hide it, but it was something simple as, Hey, when you hear this, you know, or like hotcakes, hotcakes, you know, you're, you're pushing down the teeter. Your lucky charms are on sale today. You look off, you see a possible situation that you don't feel good, or maybe you had a bad employee, right? And you're like, they did not end well with that individual, you know, and you, Hey, you're grabbing it and you're, you know, Hey, Jen, hotcakes, hotcakes, you know, and going and just right into it, you know, or like I said, if a conf, you turn around, he's right in your face and you're just like hotcakes, hotcakes, you know, letting her immediately know. And you might kind of look at you like what the f- you're talking about, you right. know, but you're, I'm kind of going on a tangent and I'm it's going like a, off yeah, here, yeah, yeah. but usually that's what happens when I'm passionate about something. Oh, back. There you go. <laughs> back on. Sorry. Technical difficulties yeah. for a second. Yeah. I'm, um, you know, what Nate's point is, is, um, you can make all the plans in the world. You can listen to us, uh, but unless you actually put into effect, right. put a plan into effect um, with your business, um, with your kids, mm-hmm. with your family, you know, any, um, all these situations, even in your workplace, um, you know, a lot of workplaces still aren't doing the, um, the training that they should be. Um, so maybe if your company doesn't want to pay for the, you know, pay for the training, then you guys come up with something on your own. You know, hey, if if everybody in the office says this, then we know something something bad's coming. But it's just uh, it's planning and having um, a plan intact in case something does happen. That's all we're saying. You know, right. just don't think just because it's point zero zero four percent, I'm gonna get burglarized. You could be that point zero zero four. I mean, it's, it's very a- lucky. But if it's gonna be on the street, I will say this: somebody's coming up and they want something, just give it to them. Yeah, you your know? life's never really worth. And that's a, that's a lot of things too. Pride is a very big thing to swallow. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I mean, I'd be lying if I tell you I don't get amped up or get into the, but in hindsight, you know, everything is always better just to walk away. I mean, you know, you don't want to be the victim of it, but at the same time, is your life or the, the, the risk factor of your life no. worth it? No, it's not. Not at all. Nope. It's money. It's here's wallet. My wallet. Here's yeah. my shoes. You know, if you really need it, take it. And but at the same time though, for. like I said, I'm never going to tell somebody not to defend themselves if they feel that their life is threatened, right. you know, but like I said, each person has to make that decision and, you know, do their quick risk assessment of, Hey, what do they want? And what's the, what, what's the best possible outcome for this situation? You know? Right. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our podcast number two today. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone for listening. Um, like to thank Cliffy Hustle Podcast for producing the show, our research assistant, Bobin Park, for gathering up all the facts for us, media credits, and keeping us organized today. Uh, remember, you can always email us questions or story ideas to social at higherpolice.com, and our website is www.higherpolice.com, or you can find us at Twitter, at Higher Police. If you are looking for the best in training or physical security, please keep us in mind. We cover the Baltimore, D.C., Virginia, and South Florida areas now, sunny South Florida. We offer in-office medical group training, trauma kits for the home, office, kitchen areas, uh, building site evaluations, armed guard training, and physical site security, as well as personal security. At Higher Police, we only work with the best in the business, and so should you. Follow our podcast at hashtag Yellow Tape. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and have a safe day. Thank you again.